try this on for size. Yes! Yes! 12.02. McMonagle here with you for a five-hour midnight ride. You count it. One, two, three, four, five. All the way to 5 a.m. in the warm-up show. We got Paulie Rosenberg on the other side. There he goes. Making his presence felt. Which I'm not still entirely sure. I don't know if it's sponsored. I don't know if Paulie's making his presence felt with WFAN's Twitter, but they're putting out weather reports. When did this start, Paul? Are you are you involved in the WFAN Twitter? Don't answer now. It was a rhetorical question. <laughs> Cleveland on the other side. And we got you at 877-337-6666. Right here on the fan, me and you, and yes... And the abrupt cutoff, it sounds terrific. I love it. Nothing is going to get me down today. You know why? Do you know why? Yes, yesterday we spent a bunch of time talking about hockey and the Rangers, and that was fun. And I enjoyed it. And basketball season will soon be back. What Knicks we will expect to have back from injury. Jacques Vaughn out with the Nets. No one cares. But I'll tell you right now, it is baseball season, and I'm all in. And maybe it's just because I watched a little vignette and Brian Kenny made on MLB Network about how Judge is the best hitter in baseball and it's not close. I don't know. Maybe it's that. Maybe it's the fact that just everything has gone right so far in Yankee camp, and it's one day, I know. But it's overreaction Tuesday on the fan on this Tuesday morning as I am pumped about this season, and particularly right now about the Yankees on a couple of different fronts. One, we got to see the new shiny toy that is Juan Soto, one of the great hitters in Major League Baseball, now to pair up with the best hitter in Major League Baseball in Aaron Judge. But Juan Soto's there at camp today wearing his generational Juan Soto shirt, rocking his own name. He's the band wearing his own band to the, his own concert. I love it. I love the confidence. I love everything about it. I love everything he said. I love, listen, what do you expect, Chris? What do you think he's going to say? That he hates to be here and he can't wait to hit for agency? No, I get it. I don't care. He seems pumped to be here. He talked about the community, the Latin community. Uh, his his favorite player growing up was Robinson Cano. He's talked to Robinson Cano about being a Yankee and how much fun he's going to have and how he's going to love it here. He's talked about it. He expects it to feel like home. I expect it to be home for the next 10 to 12 years after this year. I can't wait to see him get going. But you know what I want to focus on? As pumped as I am about Juan Soto, and that obviously is the crown jewel of this offseason. This offseason that they still are hung up on Blake Snell. We'll get to it. Stop it. Blake Snell is not going to be a Yankee. How many times I got to tell you? We'll get to that in a second. But as much as I'm fixated on the idea that Juan Soto showed up to camp, I am telling you right now, I have been a Yankee fan for as long as I can remember. For whatever reason, my memory isn't that good as a child. People have these crazy memories. They remember, like, my sister's like this. She remembers things when she was three years old. I have no memory. Like, really, about, I go back to about, like, without, like, a couple of moments here or there, seven, eight. Like, I don't really, like, baseball, I started watching baseball at 10 years old. That's what I remember. 1993 was the first season I started watching Yankee baseball, and I fell in love with Wade Boggs. That was my guy to start. But I honestly believe what I'm about to say is 100% true. I don't think I will, this coming season, I will root for a player harder 
than I may have ever rooted for a Yankee in the history of my life. I think that's fair to say, as crazy as that sounds. As much as the child in me rooted for Derek Jeter and rooted for Bernie Williams and loved Paul O'Neill, who was on the station earlier today in the afternoon show with Tiki and Evan, as much as I love all those, those 90s teams, I'm telling you right now, I don't care what all of you say. I don't care that he should be shipped off. I don't care that it's time to get his contract off the books. I don't care about any of it. I will be rooting harder this year for Giancarlo Stanton than I've ever rooted for a Yankee in my life. And I'll tell you why. One, because if he ever does revert back to being that guy, if he does, the one, two, three punch of Soto Judge and a Stanton back to being at least close to what he was is 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 something I can't even fathom right now. It's something that would change the dynamic of who this team is and what it's been for, for the last couple of years with this offense. And and elevated to such a level that we that I can't even I can't even fathom right now. But that if he can revert back to that, then this Yankee lineup is going to be dynamic. Absolutely dynamic. And right now I hear all the jokes. I was watching SMY, I'm on Twitter, I hear all the jokes. Oh, best shape of my life, best shape of my life. This isn't some overweight guy. This isn't even Carlos Rodon who showed up last year and looked like a completely different person this year. That's a guy who got into the best shape of his life. That's a guy who showed up last year at camp, not in the best shape of his life, and it led to arm pain, it led to back pain, it led to a miserable season, it led to an ugly-looking mustache, although mustaches do look well on round faces, I can guarantee you that. I know that for a fact. Just saying. Even with Yankee visors on. Yes, I wear a visor. Everybody shut up. But this is not some out-of-shape dude showing up suddenly in the best shape of his life. This isn't Pablo Sandoval showing up in the best shape of his life. This is a guy who's in better shape than 99% of his peers as, as professional athletes, let alone professional baseball players. This is not the best shape of your life. This is a man at 34 years old who dedicated himself to change his body physically. To change who he was. To change the Greek Adonis that he's been for his entire career. And change structurally how his body works. He has slimmed down tremendously. You look at him, he looks like a different person. There's pictures next to Judge, and it's like, you know, him and Judge were on par. You know, Judge is a little bit of a bigger guy, but Stanton's been built and shredded. And, and like, the idea that he looks like just an athletic guy, and he talked about it. He set his mind to it. At the beginning of the year, he talked about it. And one of the best quotes, and, and I love everything coming out of it. I love everything that he said, too, at camp. One, I'm going to, and you know how I'm going to do it. I love the idea that he was motivated by the great Brian Cashman, who had something to say about him in the offseason at the end of the year, saying, hey, look, what are you going to do? Injuries are part of his game. I love the idea that that motivated this man and pissed him off. When asked about that, you know how, when, he, when asked how he feels about that, he said, Cash knows how I feel about that. In other words, not pleased, and I let Cash know. He also talked about the idea of just he doesn't get paid for being a stand-up guy and taking accountability, which he has done better than any high-priced. I know he was via trade, but he gets paid a lot of money. 
one of the more high, of all the high-priced Yankees that have ever come our way, of all the different free agents, trade evaluate, you know, uh, trade acquisitions, all the different guys that have come down the pike and put on a Yankee uniform with high expectations and high salaries and you know high demand, nobody, nobody has handled the backlash of not playing well as 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 unbelievably well as Giancarlo Stanton has, and he still doesn't fall back on that as some sort of correlation prize. I may, some other Yankee fans may, if you're so inclined, but he's not. I don't get paid to be a stand-up guy. I don't get paid to answer tough questions. I don't get paid to, you know, say, hey, listen, I suck. I got to be better. I get paid to be better. That's exactly, I mean, you could not have put it any better. He, he, in some ways, he does get paid to answer tough questions. In some ways, he does get paid to stand in front of his locker and answer to the New York fan base. In some ways, he does. But he recognizes exactly what he needs to do, and that's produce and win a championship. And he talked about wanting to feel like a baseball player again. And I love that, too. In a generation where we talk about home runs and this and that, this guy wants to be a baseball player. And he was able to do that with the body he had previously on younger years, on younger legs, and it wasn't an issue. And it's become one, and this guy has worked his ass off to change who he is structurally. This isn't, hey, I, I, you know, I ran a ton, uh, you know, and I ate nothing but, you know, quinoa and and lettuce and and chi- and grilled chicken for every day for you know three months and and dropped twenty five pounds, thirty pounds. This is a guy who looks like he's changed who he is. And I am, I, I'm telling you right now, I am thrilled with what he's done. And it's game. He might get hurt tomorrow, and I'll look like a jackass here for this open. But you know what? I'm rooting for him, and I'm pumped for him, and I honestly believe that hopefully he can impact this team because if you have him in the middle of the lineup, and I'm not worried about him losing power. I'm not worried about him losing bat speed. I don't think he would do anything that would dramatically change how he impacts the baseball. He's talked about changing his swing a little bit. I I am looking forward to seeing what Giancarlo Stanton can be for this team because I honestly believe he's important, and I honestly believe when you look at it fairly, as much as he's been hurt, and dragged this team down over the last two years, and you can't argue it, and he wouldn't argue it. That's why he went out there and made the changes. When given the opportunity, he's been one of the more, if not the most, clutch player on the team. In big games, Giancarlo Stanton has shown up better than Judge. He's shown up better than even Garrett Cole. He has shown up better than almost any player on this team. This side of, you know, let's be honest, Harrison Bader. For the one playoff series. Besides that, Giancarlo Stanton has been their best postseason performer. And they need him to be. Yeah, it's nice to say, oh, I, I wish we had a definitive answer and they could just cut him and eat his money and yeah, they'd move on fine. That's one way. The other way is to actually have the guy get back to being who he is. And I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to, you know, uh, you know, Strowman too as well. Let's be honest. As much as the slings and arrows he's going to take if he doesn't pitch well. And as much as, again... We're, we are a week into this thing and a day into pitch, uh, position players showing up. But if you watch Stroman, he's showing up every day in new Yankee gear. You can't wipe the smile off his face. He's got a video with Wells. He gives up a home run to Wells, uh, the young catcher, Austin Wells, in, in whatever, live BP or whatever. And then there's, like, video of him hugging him, saying, I, I'm so glad you're my teammate. You're going to be awesome. Like, he's just all in right now. And that could last five minutes as well. 
But you add that to what we've already seen from the dedication that we got out of um, the the all the different guys, honestly, have shown up. But the the impactful guys that we needed to be there, the Stantons of the world, the Strowmans of the world. Carlos, the Carlos Rodons of the world. Carlos Rodon, here's another one. He's He shows up to camp throwing 97 miles an hour. He's lost all this weight. And it looks like everyone who needed to be dedicated to this year, and that should be the whole team coming off this miserable season of 82 wins. They showed up to camp and in Tampa about three or four weeks early, half the team. They look pissed off. They look ready. And they look like, yes, in the best shape of their life. Yeah, and I'll give you that for Rodon. Giancarlo transformed who he is. And right now, as Soto comes in talking about how comfortable he is and how he could view this as home, and you're seeing what you're seeing out of Stroman, you're seeing what you're seeing out of Carlos Rodon, and you're seeing what you're seeing out of Stanton. For right now, I'm all in. And I'm as excited as I can be for a Yankee season, even if it doesn't bring me that next pitcher that should put them over the top in Snell or Montgomery. And you can forget it. Let's end there real quick. Let me say it one more time. I don't care what reports come out about they offered him this, they're willing to do that, there's some uh, some mechanism that could be worked out. Oh, Snell wants to be a Yankee, he's communicating. Blake Snell is not going to be a New York Yankee. It is not going to happen under no circumstance. There is no way to make it work unless he wants to take an eight-year deal for $20 million per. If he wants to sign an eight-year, $160 million deal, maybe. But I've been trying to tell you this for weeks. Cuddy, uh, Brendan Cuddy wrote the article for the Atlantic. He just was on with Keith. He tried to explain it to you, too. It's 110% on the luxury tax. After they signed Stroman, they offered Snell the contract before Stroman. He said no. They turned to Stroman and gave him $18 million per. Now they're at that last luxury rung, uh, and they're over it. And every dollar is going to cost them 110%. They are not paying I don't care if he wants to take a one-year deal. There's no way the Yankees are doing it. You think the Yankees are giving Blake Snell or you know paying seventy million dollars for Blake Snell one year? But there's no way. There is no way they are allotting that much money. Plus, you got to give up a second and a fifth round pick because of where they are in the luxury tax because he's got the qualifying offer attached to him. So now you're going to give Snell seventy million dollars this year, and you're going to lose a second and fifth round pick. I'm telling you right now, the Yankees are not doing it. This is the rotation they're going north with. And you know what? No matter what John Heyman or anyone in the media who's working for Scott Boris or is, you know, being at least, I don't want to say working, that's probably a bit much, but at least, you know, being nudged in a certain direction by the great Scott, the, the great, the great Scott Boris, whose clients are all over the place, underachieving in this market and have, and having market after market collapse on itself. Don't let any of these stories that come out that nudge the Yankees to Blake Snell. It's not happening. It's not happening. There's mixed reports on if they've offered a new contract. I don't believe that either. They offered him a big, they offered him a fair contract. He turned it down. They pivoted. It's over. It's over. And as much as that means that there is a level that this team went to in the offseason and it wasn't the all-in, 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 all-in that we were looking for, that I was looking for. 
I wanted that secondary ace to go behind Cole. I wanted Soto and Judge in the middle of the lineup, a dynamic duo. I wanted, you know, Cole and another pitcher right at the top of the rotation, whether it was Yamamoto, Snell, Bieber, Burns, someone like that. I wanted that right that that top two to go along with the middle top two of the lineup in Soto and Judge. And it we're not going to get it. Yankee fans, you're not going to get it. But that doesn't change the fact that there's a good chance this team is is absolutely capable of going out there and winning a World Series. And there is a chance when you take when you take into account Verdugo and Glaber Torres coming off one of the best years of his career and the way hopefully if Stanton can stay healthy and, you know, Soto and Judge in the middle of this lineup, this team is good enough to go win. And after one day, overreaction Tuesday, I don't care. I'm pumped about this Yankee season. And I think there is no reason this team can't be the best team in the division. Whether it's on right now, on paper, they're not. But there's no reason they can't be better than Baltimore. There's no reason they can't be the best team in the American League. And there's no reason this can't be the year that they put an end to the stupid drought of 2009. 877-337-6666. We'll get to the Mets and Marte. But unfortunately for them, most of their arguments lead towards the future. I mean, we can talk about this, and they say all the right things. Manager's talking about it's time to win. You know, Stearns is telling you he believes he put together a team that can make the playoffs. Marte's going to tell you he can play 170 games, how good defensively the outfield could be with Bader in center field and Nimmo moving over to left and Marte. And, you know, if, if Alonzo has a monster year looking for a contract and Lindor has another great year, one of the best shortstops in the league, those are all not. Alvarez becomes an absolute beast at the catcher. Beatty uh, answers questions. Vientos becomes a legitimate DH. They've added Luke Voigt, another Yankee, and just, you know, they're throwing plugs at that DH role. They're playing, they're throwing, a, like, the same way they've treated the back end of the rotation. They're treating the DH spot. But, hey, sure, anything is possible. But most of the conversations around the Mets are next year and Pete Alonso and whether or not they'll go sign Juan Soto. And that's what frustrates me as a as a as a Met onlooker would piss me off is the way this this season right now is kind of in the on the back burner compared to the future. But the Yankees are now. They are right now. And so far a day in, yeah. Let's dream. Let's dream, you and I. Your official station to talk Jets. The Fan, 1019 FM and always live on the free Odyssey app. Download it today. All right, what's going on? 1226. McMonagle here with you. Baseball just, just began. Everyone has arrived at camp. Juan Soto has arrived at Yankee camp. And Stanton has arrived, too. And you know what? I just felt like doing it because Stanton deserves it. Looking forward to it. I honestly think he... Because he's been talked about as someone who's dragging down the team. And he has been. I just respect the guy who who works his ass off to literally... This isn't a guy who lost 10 pounds. This is a guy who's in tremendous shape and changed who he is structurally, and we'll see if it works or not. It might not work. It might not work. It might not prevent any injury. It might not turn him back into the baseball player he's hoping to become. might end up being the same disaster it's been the last two years, but I'll be rooting for him. I'll be rooting for him. 877-337-6666. And again, I don't know how many times i got to say this. 
Every day, it seems like every day I wake up, you know, in the afternoon sometime, every day I wake up and there's another thing about Blake Snell and the Yankees. The other day was Bob Nightingale telling you that, uh, you know, something about a short-term deal. Now you got other offers. Today I wake up to the Yankees have made a new offer to Blake Snell. Blake Snell has shown interest and told the Yankees he wants to be a Yankee. There is no way he is not going to be a Yankee. Forget about it. Blake Snell is gone. Blake Snell had his chance to sign with the Yankees. He said no. And to be fair, he didn't have to. I mean, we'll see what kind of contract he gets. But they pivoted, and that's it. This rotation's set. This rotation is set. And then, you know, people, uh, you reference this too, like who gets thrown out of the rotation? Obviously, Blake Snell is better than everyone else in the rotation besides Cole. So someone, I'm not saying that, you know, you don't want to do it. You always want to get better. But who do you throw out? Say they do sign Blake Snell. Who who leaves the rotation? Nesta Cortez? Right? It's not going to be Marcus Stroman. It's not going to be Rodon. Nesta Cortez or Clark Schmidt? Who gets booted? Who gets booted to the bullpen? Who's better suited for that role? Like, I think the Yankees wanted to add one more pitcher, and they did. Now, at the deadline, if they need to upgrade and someone's awful or someone's hurt or it's not going well, they'll add it to deadline if they can. Believe me, I I wish they probably didn't sign Stroman and were still in the market for Blake Snell as the market has fallen apart. They chose to not wait it out. They wanted to make sure they got Stroman, but now they're in the position they're in. There is no way the Yankees are getting Blake Snell. No way. And I hope I'm wrong. I hope, I, I hope you know, the morning show or whoever, if they, I don't even think they care about this. They just want to hear me make a fool of myself. But, like, I hope we play this back. And he's a Yankee because that would mean this team is more apt to win a world championship if Blake Snell's on the team. But I'm just telling you, it is not happening. They are not giving seven they are not paying seventy million dollars for Blake Snell for this year. They're not doing it. And honestly, I understand why. Like there's a limit. They got their 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 payroll is gonna be upwards of three million three hundred million dollars. They're gonna they're gonna pay seventy million. And forty and 30, 35 of it, thirty plus of it, going into the pockets of the teams that try and beat them. What, what, I don't. Like, I just don't. I don't see that happening at all. Eight seven seven, three three seven sixty six sixty six. David in Long Island, what's up, Dave? Yes, how are you? Good. How are Good. you, buddy? Good. How you doing? Good morning. Good morning. Uh, have you looked at the health of the Yankee rotation? I mean, we're start from the beginning. I know you're limited on time, mm-hmm. but they've. 53 starts last year. 60% of the starts, they're two, three, and four starters combined with a 5 ERA. Mm-hmm. Now, let's start with Cortez. The guy's coming off two rotator strain injuries. Uh, he's more likely to have shoulder surgery than bounce back with that type of situation. Okay. Dan, we I, mean, know we'll, I mean, we'll see. He says he feels fine, but I mean, it's well, not well, we'll see. That's a serious injury. I mean, you know, I wouldn't count on. Well, this is all the things have to come together. I mean, Rodan, we know he's a head case. He's going to arm and show the injury history. But the main issue, I don't care how much weight he lost. This guy actually admitted that he had a chronic back issue. Well, the, yeah, but so, well, the doctor's called, yeah, but you know what a chronic back issue means? Like, it's nothing. It's nothing structurally. It's not like David Wright's, you know, narrowing of the spinal column. He's got, he's got a back pain, and they can't classify it, so they call it chronic. Like, it, 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 it might never pop up again. Yeah. It might be something well, he has to monitor all year long. Like the, the well, word chronic a, scares people. I don't think it necessarily well, means what you think it means. Injury. 
Well, it's related to other injuries as well when you have a back issue, especially with the arm. But And then Stroman, you talk about Stroman, a guy who's thrown 140 innings the last two years, had an eight-year in his last 11 starts last year. Yeah, off the I mean, injury. I know, yeah, I'm sorry? Yeah, off of the injury. He was also an all-star in the well, first half of the hurt. year. He hasn't thrown 140 innings the last two years. I mean, he's been hurt the last two years. Mm-hmm. And Schmidt had a five-ERA in the second half. I mean, you know, I mean, all these things have to come together. I mean, I think at least two of these three pitchers, the two, three, and four stars, have to come t- together. If I think they're going to get into the playoffs because, like you said, they have very good hitting. Mm-hmm. Even, even if the old guys, you know, are, are average, whatever. I mean, that should get them 90-something wins and get them a wild card. But I don't think they're going to go anywhere in the playoffs with this president purchasing well, staff. Listen, I, don't think I, I agree with you. It's the weak link. It's the weak part of the team. There's no doubt about it. There's a lot of question marks inside the rotation. You nailed it. That's why I want them to go get another starting pitcher. That's why I wanted them to go get a Burns or a, you know a Snell before well, that's, signing that's Stroman. But thing. I don't understand. You know, 2019, he had a chance to get Jared Cole which would have put them in the World Series. And he want to give up Andrew and Frazier. Now, mm-hmm. here we go again. He didn't want to give – he has all the – Well, I think, it was two, I, think it was, I, I think it was 2018. Or going into the 2019 season. Going into the no, 19 season, yes. No, it was 19 season. They, and, they, yes. and they would have been the World Series. They would have had – he was a difference in that series. No, I know. But, but there's also – got to understand. Let me, let me just, like, finish for a second. Like, there's also the idea yeah. that if you look at his 2018 with Pittsburgh – like no, it it wasn't like he was just like you know he had a four two six ERA that year in two thousand and eighteen. Like he, yep. had, I mean, he found himself in Houston like many pitchers do. Like he might not have been the pitcher the Yankees got now if he didn't go to Houston. You know what I'm saying? Well, like yeah, so, I mean, yeah, 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 I can understand that. But mm-hmm. the thing I don't understand is go going. You know, fast forward, Burns. He didn't want to give up Spencer Jones for him. I mean, you have Dominguez coming back. You have a bunch of outfielders. I know Soto's only on a one-year contract, but they said they were all in. How can you not get burned, especially where they're, they're starting? Staff because it's is? a one-year rental. You don't give up. You don't give up your best pitching prospect for a one-year rental. You just yeah, I, you but, don't. You don't give up your best. Uh, did I say pitching? Your best prospect for a rental. You don't. The guy's you know the guy's really well thought of. He's a stud prospect. He's their best. Yeah, but they should the, say they were all in. The Baltimore yeah, Orioles didn't have to give up their best prospect. Well, all in, I thought, means, you know, but they don't need it. They have Dominguez. Where's, where's Spencer Jones going to play anyway? Uh, who knows? Not, it doesn't, but it's also value. It's, total, it's not, it's not, I understand what you're saying, but you have value in a top prospect. That value for one year of Burns doesn't jive for me. It doesn't work. It's not, well, even, it's, if he, even if he gets log jammed, even if one, we don't know they signed Soto. So if they don't yeah. sign Soto, that's where he goes. Um, well, that's not. Man, if he leaves Soto, then you know they should have gotten Burns this year. He could leave Soto, and you know, yeah. and then Jericho and Judge. Yeah, but you can't you behind. can't trade your best prize, not your best prize. They wouldn't. They didn't include him in the. They they didn't include him in the Soto deal. So why would you have I to include him in the Burns deal? Well, they I'm gave not him enough g- in the Soto deal. They gave a lot of pitches. I understand you know, that, but I'm not. But so I was willing to give a lot if Burn if if Milwaukee was willing to work with me. I'll give them more prospects. I won't give them that one prospect. I think well, it's totally fair. Gave up two prospects that aren't even their top prospects. Well, so that's well. well why didn't trade. they ask that? He a good trade in twenty years, Cashman. No, but I that's mean, what. Look, I'm, yeah, but what I'm saying is, is that they didn't. If they would have offered that to the Yankees, two of their top ten prospects, not named Spencer Jones, the Yankees might have made the deal. Word is well, that maybe, word is Milwaukee insisted. Well, I mean, not after trading for Juan Soto, trading for Verdugo. 
Yeah, but the Yankees have like the twentieth, like worst prospect at a minor league system. In, in, that is not. In that is not. That is not true. They are not wearing twentieth. No, I've, right, so I've seen two. I've seen two different lists. They ranked seventh and ninth from the two most well, respectable I lists. Twenty second. Uh, you know whatever. Maybe whatever, last year, whatever, not not not, not right now. Under. Well, they said they teach the players that are the, in their system that are twenty nine years or younger. They're ranked like twenty second, and that's a part of their prospects. But they just tra- they just they were able to get Juan Soto Verdugo by trading away prospects. Like I mean, well, that, and well, then they still have more they, pitching prospects. They still have Hampton. They no, still have a, some I of these guys. That. No, I agree with that. The Yankees need a they tra- they they, they traded away all those pitchers in the A's uh, uh, for the A's deal for uh, Montas. Oh my God, what a horrible trade! And, and obviously it was. They traded away all that starting pitching depth. All that now they have no starting pitching depth. They turn around, they trade six of the five of them for Juan Soto and Verdugo, and lose two of them in the the Rule Five draft, and they still have three or four. And they've got a, they got a, a Jason Dominguez. They've got a coveted uh, Spencer Jones. They, they they're gonna about to hopefully replace their starting catcher with a prospect. I mean, is, is it the best? Is it the Baltimore Orioles? No, they didn't lose a hundred games for the last five or six years, so they weren't able to build up the Baltimore Orioles. The Dodgers are the best run franchise in the sport. I'll give you that. The Rays are extremely smart too. The Dodgers spend a ton of money, don't lose, and manage to have a great farm system. The 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 Rays do it without spending money. And win and have a good farm system without drafting high. Those two franchises, I'll give you the Baltimore Orioles. All these other teams that have these great friend, they have these great, uh, you know, farm systems. It's done through the drafting and losing. And the Yankees still give all these pitch starting pitching prospects away and still have more. I think the Yankee farm system is completely underrated when people crap on it. It's completely underrated. They got once they weren't willing to give up their top prospect for a one year rental. I totally agree with them. I didn't think when I was clamoring for him and when I screamed the day he got traded to Orioles, uh, I was looking at they traded away their eighth and ninth best prospects. That's what they traded. They traded their eighth, I believe it was their eighth and ninth best prospect to Milwaukee. I would have wanted to do that. If the Yankees weren't, even fifth and sixth I would have done. I'm not giving my blue chip top prospect that everybody loves, a 6'7", run like a deer, gold glove caliber center fielder who hits the ball 400 feet and hits it harder than almost any other minor leaguer. I'm not giving that up for a year rental. Even if he gets blocked and there's nowhere to go in the Yankee outfield, that value is too good for a one-year rental. I'll move him for a pitcher with more control. I'll move him for something else if I have to move him. I'm not doing it for a one-year rental. I can't. I can't. There are things, even all in, there are things I can't do. And that's one of them for me. I can't trade away my best prospect for one year of a starting pitcher. I can't. Now, there are question marks. I Listen, we'll see. I believe in Nestor Cortez. We'll see if he can stay healthy or not. I mean, he's had, you're right, he had, I think it's pretty much the same. He, he got a shoulder uh, rotator cuff strain, tried to come back from it. It never really worked out. You want to say he had two he did, you know, he did come back and then have to leave again. But it's, it's just he, he, his shoulder was no good last year. We'll see what it is this year. They say it's feeling better. He says he feels great. We'll see. But yeah, no question mark. Totally agree. Totally agree. Strowman, I, I view as less of a question mark. But yeah, he hasn't had. He's had 140 innings over the last two years. When you say he hasn't gone over 140, it's very convenient. He's got 139, 138. So he's thrown about 140 over the last two years. So he's about 30, 40 innings short from what you're really looking for from your third or fourth starter. 
You got the best pitcher in all of baseball at the top of the rotation, and what Rodon can be is that type of pitcher, one of the best pitchers in baseball if healthy. So, yeah, there's a, there's three ifs inside that rotation. Not good enough. I wanted more. I still do. But I'm, I'm, I realize what's possible and what's not. And trading your top prospect for a one-year rental is not possible. And, and spending $70 million this year on a starting pitcher who's been inconsistent. That's the other thing about Snell. I'm telling you right now, if Snell comes here and struggles, everyone's going to kill Cashman because in between the Cy Youngs, look at his numbers. Yeah, okay, great. Yeah, he's got some Cy Youngs, but look in between the Cy Youngs. He's not that good. That's what everyone – why would you sign this guy? Now they're strapped and it's going to hurt their chances of signing Juan Soto in the offseason? This was the most stupid move I've ever heard. That's what. That's what's going to happen if 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 he stinks. I can't. I can't pay him. I can't pay seventy million, and that's what it would cost. And I know it's not my money. I just don't expect the Yankees to do it. And I certainly can't trade away my best prospect for a. a so they're going to have to figure something out. They got a very reliable pitcher in Stroman. In my opinion, the best deal so far of the offseason. The best, you know, money for, for what you get, best bargain deal of the entire uh, offseason so far has been Stroman to the Yankees for me. And we'll see where they go from here. And at the deadline, they'll try and add someone. And they do have some pitching depth. They do have some young kids right on the on the doorstep who could enter the rotation if guys go down. We'll see if it's good enough. We'll see if it's not. And they'll have to make a move if it's not. But I think this lineup's good enough to go out there and win. And that's really like looking at the team last year. Yeah, they had they had issues after calling the rotation. Did they lose because of their pitching? They still could have won games if they hit better. And hopefully this lineup's going to be dynamic. Jordan and Stony Brook. What's up, Jordan? Hey, how's it going? Uh, first time, long time. Thank I you, buddy. What's going on? A little bit. Yeah, I just wanted to talk a little bit about the Mets. Uh, for one thing, all these people crying that Steve Cohen isn't spending a lot of money this offseason. We just saw that two times in a row. And what happened? Nothing. We just saw him go out, get two big veteran arms, and how did they pan out? Not very good. And now he finally takes a smart approach. A guy like him doesn't get billions and billions of dollars by not making smart investments. Right. I think he views, he views these players as investments like he should, and he looks at Verlander and Scherzer, and he could look back now and be like, you know what, that was a bad investment. Yeah, no one's asking him to sign. O- yeah, but no one's, signing, no one's asking him to sign over-the-hill pitchers for $40, $50 million. Tell me exactly how signing Montgomery, because you, you mentioned about how he became a billionaire. You know how he became a billionaire? Making smart moves. How about a pitcher who's 31 years old, just come into his own, does not have a, does not have a pick attached to him, that was not given the qualifying offer, so you're not going to lose a pick. It's not going to hurt you building your farm system up whatsoever. He just found himself. He proved himself to be one of the best postseason pitchers in baseball. He's 31 years old, a left-handed pitcher. It's just money. And by the way, his market just collapsed because the Texas Rangers, the one team they were expecting to sign with, has come out and said, we're done spending money. So doesn't that seem like a smart move and a value that's going to be depreciate, uh, a value that's going to, you know, a guy who's going to end up being a value signing? Why don't you go do that? It does, except for the fact that there is a much better and bigger crop of free agents next year. And I agree. I want, I want them all. I want them to sign Montgomery, and I want Soto, and I want Alonzo. Right. I don't think we should be limited to one or two of those. I think you should go out and get them. No doubt. But to the point, 
So to the point about Montgomery, he is coming into his own, but we've also seen him struggle mightily. And he is a Boris client, and you don't know how much he's asking for. No, I understand that, but right now I'm just saying I'd be in on it. Uh, it doesn't sound like they're in on it at all. I mean, if if they are, that's fine. We'll see what he's asking for. But at the same time, like, you're talking about, hey, you know, this is – you got to be smart about this thing. He didn't become a billionaire being stupid, you know. Uh, he didn't become a billionaire sitting on his hands either. He's aggressive. Like, you know, I, I think correct. I think there's I think there's a, a level here. Don't go trade for Juan Soto. I get that. You don't want to give up prospects when you could just pay money for him next year. Makes plenty of sense. Even Snell, inconsistent. It, it costs you a, a two and a five because they're over that same tax luxury as the Yankees are. So it costs you two picks. You're trying to build up your farm system. He's been inconsistent. He's asking for a ton of money. Okay, Snell makes sense. Uh, doesn't I understand not ma- signing him. But a, a Jordan Montgomery, someone to help with this year? Because you know what? I'm sorry. When I have a billionaire owner, I, I expect to compete every single year and to have someone do and have them put a f- team forward that is, has a reasonable chance to compete every single year. And to just, uh, you know, forego this season under the guise of, hey, he's being smart, uh, you know, or free agency will be better next year. Well, how do you know that there isn't more competition? You end up outspending. Right now, the market's the pre- it's completely f- collapsed on the guy. Like you're going to get good value on him. Who knows what the market looks like next year? You might have to overpay for one of these guys because the market's hot. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I I can't I can't really defend that point. I think they should be going after Montgomery and some of these guys. But I mean, I've heard a lot of callers, not just on this show, but other ones as well, kind of whine and complain about Steve Cohen. And I know Evan, he's big on you know he wants everyone. He wants them all. That that luxury tax threshold is not cheap, like you mentioned earlier in the show. And I don't think, especially for this year, for them to be over the luxury threshold so much for this year in particular, I don't think it makes sense. Where they are, it doesn't make sense for them to be spending that kind of money this year, where they're already spending it. Yeah, I, well, it, it, it only makes sense under the idea that you want to win this year. Don't you want to win? I, he's he's got thirteen billion dollars. He's not the Yankees are paying absorbent amount of money on the building. They have you know they have um, you know uh, people they answer to people who've invested in the team. Uh, you know he he's got thirteen billion dollars in the pocket. He's talked about it being a winning and a passion project. I'm not asking him to go buy every free agent. He doesn't have to go get Bellinger. He doesn't have to go get you know Chapman to play third base. He doesn't have to go and sign every one of these guys, but. You know, your rotation, just like the Yankees, to be fair, is is filled with a bunch of question marks. And you don't have Garrett Cole. You don't have a top-of-the-rotation guy. And you got guys who, you know, haven't pitched much. And, and when they do, it's not that, you know, you're, you're relying on Severino. You're relying on Quintana, who didn't pitch last year practically the entire first half. Like, you're, you're relying on a lot of guys, a lot of question marks. You know, uh, Manaya who hasn't been that good over the last couple of years. Like, you're relying on guys who you don't know about, and all you have to do, there's a guy sitting right there whose market is collapsing in front of us. Go get him. Go get him. You don't lose a pick. It's just money. It's just money. And then you compete. Like, nobody put, oh, but then this, though, the guy next year. You're for, are you not, does nobody have any idea that there's value in winning this season? Like, you're right. Oh, the free agent market next year. It could be this guy. It could be that guy. It makes sense. Why spend money now? I don't know. Is there no value to win this year? Is there no value in the 2024 Mets season?
Is everybody cool with just passing along? Now, listen, I'm the first one to tell you, crapshoot, get in, anything can happen. And I don't think they're going to be a terrible baseball team, so sure, it's possible. But, I mean, come on. There's no value on actually winning this year. All the value we talk about is next year, moving forward. This, that, you got to be smart. Smart doesn't include just throwing away this year. And they're acting like they're throwing it away. Now, maybe I'm wrong. And hopefully all a lot of us are wrong. And this season turns out to be a very nice season, a 2017 Yankee season, where you don't expect much, everything clicks, and they play well and find themselves in the NLCS. It's not impossible, and I'll, I'll be the first one rooting for it. But Montgomery makes that a hell of a lot easier, and he doesn't hurt the plan. That's it. You have a plan? Fine. No one's saying you have to do anything that blows up the plan. But I don't explain to me how Montgomery would. Mario in Long Beach. What's up, Mario? How are you doing, C Mac? Good. How are you, buddy? Yeah, yeah, pretty nice show. Oh, yeah, I mean, uh, in terms of the Yankees, I, I, I think, uh, I, I, you know, I, well, with the Mets, I think, I think it's, it's the money. Like, like some other people are saying, I, I think they don't want to pay the luxury tax because I, I believe, if I'm wrong, I don't know if you know for sure, but aren't they paying another like a total fifty million for Verlander and Scherzer this year coming up? They yeah, still correct some of his salary. Right? Correct. Yep, they're still paying for a lot of money towards Verlander and Scherzer. Yep. So, so that comes off next year. So, when that comes off, right. they could sign some more players and not pay that high luxury tax. You know. Well, correct. But, but they, I mean, they could sign it. Yeah, if you sign Montgomery, the luxury tax would be this year, and but then it's, it won't be next year. You're right; the money comes off. It's not like when you sign the contract, that entire contract gets the luxury tax. It's year, it's year by year. So yeah, if you, of if course. you, so so it's one, it's one year of a little bit more for Montgomery. What, 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 like Steve Cohen can afford it? Then next year, that money comes off the books, and Montgomery's contract goes under the the luxury tax with all the other rest of the. Like, I think he's going to make twenty five, twenty eight million dollars. I mean, you know, and who are you getting better next year? And then there's the value of winning this season. Yeah, but he'll have to pay like fifty percent on that. Yeah, so million, what? Right? So what? He doesn't. But but you know what? You know what his luxury tax bill was last year. I, off the top of my head, I don't know exactly what it was. 101, right, 101 million. million. Right, it was over 100. Was right around you know, 100. These guys, I'll tell you, I'm a retired banker, C-Mac, right? Yeah. And, I, and I had a couple of billionaire customers. Yeah. They don't like losing money. They don't like losing money. Of course. Do you think he's losing money? No, no, no. I mean, uh, to put money in on an investment. He's not I, I, he's not I, I understand money. that. But he bought the team partially because he wants to win, right? He wants to experience winning. He came here and promised five years uh, 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 within an, uh, five years having a championship. He knew coming on from the, the, the financial scenario the Wilpons were in and where the Mets were, he was probably going to lose money either way, and he threw a ton of money at it, and I get that. Next year, a lot of that money comes off. Montgomery's a 31-year-old pitcher in the prime of his career, and it helps you win this year. You know how you win money? You, know, you want to lose money, make money? Be dead in August and see what the ballpark looks like. Yeah, I'll ask you one question, and I'll listen to your response. Take, thanks for taking my call. Of course, man. Job. Uh, the, the question is this. Wouldn't the Yankees been? I wish the Yankees never gave up, gave up on Montgomery to begin with. You know? Sure. What, what a bad move that was. Again, I, I, I'm, we're going we're gonna, to have a good one. You got it, Mario. I disagree with you again on that a little bit. A couple. I've talked about the Montgomery trade a lot. Is it a good trade? No. So, yeah, overall, it's a bad trade. I, can, I guess I can't argue with that. Uh, mincing words, but... I've there are so many worse. I don't think it's that bad a trade. It doesn't keep me up at night. 
for a couple of reasons. Uh, first off, that team needed a center fielder more than it needed a starting pitcher. There is no doubt about it. That's 100% accurate. I can't imagine if any Yankee fan says different, they're wrong. That Yankee team that had, at the time of the trade deadline, had the best record in Major League Baseball, was making a move for the postseason, and without question, they needed another outfielder, preferably a center fielder, on that team far more than they needed a starting pitcher. Their rotation was better. They rotated. Tyone was having the best year of his career at that point. Like we forget that now. Tyone sucks. He got moved. Fine. No one remembers. Tyone was having an un, that that starting pitching was unbelievable. Their bullpen was incredible. You could have figured it out. Severino had his time on and off the IL, but was really good when he pitched. Like they didn't need another starting pitcher. They needed the center fielder. They got Bader, and for that postseason, he was their best player by a mile, a mile. He had a 1.2 OPS in the postseason, including the series against Houston. If Judge hit like Bader, they'd probably win that, or at least win a couple games in that Houston series. Nobody else hit. It was just Bader. So they traded a pitcher who was, and then the other aspect of it is Montgomery got far better. Something clicked. The Yankees and the way they do business were hampering and hindering Montgomery's ability to be the best he could be. And that's that's a it's a mark against the Yankees. Now I would argue for every one of those, there's a pitcher who's come in, and the Yankees have unlocked, particularly in the bullpen, Clay Holmes, Wandy Peralta, a bunch of them. There are pitchers who come in, and what the Yankees do send them skyrocketing, and they become the best they've been. And then there are pitchers, Sonny Gray, Montgomery, who are you know okay, but whatever reason it doesn't jive, their way of pitching doesn't work perfectly. They go to another organization and they take off or pitch better. Montgomery, if never left, would not be on the market right now looking for the kind of money he's he's looking for right now. He wouldn't have been as good if he never if he stayed a Yankee, he wouldn't have been as good. So for my money, they traded away a pitcher who would who'd never hit his peak if he doesn't leave and for, they traded him for a playoff push which we want the Yankees to go all in and try and make the team best they can for the postseason. And they traded for a center fielder who's arguably the best center fielder defensively in the sport, maybe behind Kiermaier, or right there with Kiermaier, and the guy freaking mashed in the postseason. They don't win the Cleveland series without him. So ultimately, the better player left and the lesser player came in, but they did it for a very specific reason. And they were a hundred percent right in that very specific reason. So there's a million. There's a million trades. The Donaldson trade is so much far worse that it's not even comparing. People get hung up on the on the Montgomery trade. It's not that bad a deal. It's just not. Now you look at it. They DFA'd or and or you know then ended up trading uh, Bader and Montgomery went on and won a World Series. So yeah, you look at it just from the last six months. Oh no doubt. What a horrible, 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 horrible trade. But ultimately, it wasn't that bad. 877-337-6666. One hour down, Todd, I see on the phones. We'll get to some other things as we take it through. A couple other baseball stories as well. And one of my favorite food items, and you know how I feel about my food items. One of my favorite food items that went away a couple years ago apparently might just be making a resurgence. I'm looking forward to that. So we'll get into that, have some fun as we take you till 5 o'clock.